Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 150. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hey, I just want to say something before we go in there. Thanks, everyone, for the well wishes. I had a bit of a, a rough day today. Uh, made it home for the halfway through the second period. Uh, just right before Cotton, he made it 3 nothing. Anyway, I'm good. Everything's good, and we can just carry on. <laughs> Good to hear. We're happy to have you back. It was touch and go there, but they sewed your pants up. I'm still not wearing pants. Still no pants. No. You were waving them over your head at the end of the game. I didn't even take them. <laughs> um, so Matt Smith has not joined us for yet another episode because he has decided to work nights. Apparently the queen decided he's going to work for the Air Force. 12-hour shifts at night. So. That's what he says, anyway. That's what he says. I th- I think, I think I, he's I think a gigolo. Hot dates. No, yeah. I think he's a gigolo. He works on the side. So, ladies, if you're looking for, uh, for Matt, just go to the Habs Unfiltered OnlyFans page, and you can contact him there. He is on Trenton, so maybe he's just off wearing women's underwear somewhere. Oh, Still too soon. Still too soon. For those of you who don't know what that joke's about, you're lucky. <laughs> and I'm not explaining it. All right. So you'll notice that we're in a pretty good mood. And there's good reason for that. The Canadians actually pulled off a win. And not just a clutch and grab got lucky win. They earned this one. 4-3 in mm-hmm. overtime. Yeah, I know. There's going to be some caveats. So let's break this down. The first two periods, what did you think of those? 
Well, I missed the first. So yeah. from what I'm here, the first is the greatest period they've had in these playoffs so far. Yes. And uh, not even, it's not even a, a competition. It's by far miles. This was the team you saw in the first 10 games in the first period. Yeah. Uh, for the second period, like I say, I saw, I got home just before the Cotton Yemi goal. Um, great play by Cotton Yemi to steal the puck behind the knife and behind the net and shovel it in. Um, I felt after that, though, Habs kind of sat back and started protecting the lead. Well, and like we're, they, that's the third period. Yeah. Um, I, I want to sandwich this a little bit. Okay, well, the second period, I thought the second period was good. It was evenly played by both teams. Uh, they both scored a goal. Um, I mean, the Hyman goal, I, I know Leaf fans were – changing their underwear because they thought Marner finally got a playoff goal. Uh, no. Sorry, Hyman tipped that in. Uh, and really... Hyman broke it for him. Yeah, Hy- Hyman Hyman broke his uh, his uh, <laughs> playoff. Actually, no, he still has his playoff virginity, so... Mar- Marner got broken off in Hyman. Yeah. <laughs> Hyman finally broke something else besides getting broke. That's um, right. <laughs> All right, Britt's going to love these jokes, but no one else will. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a very evenly played period. Like uh, Montreal still led in, in shot. I think Toronto shot them 11-8 or 11-9 in that period. Uh, but it was still fairly close. Montreal still Even led in shots overall. Play. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, so that was a good period. I was happy after the first period. It was 3-1. I still had doubts in my mind because it was 3-1. But we'll yeah. get into that when we get into the third now, period. So. What I saw in those first two periods was a Montreal Canadiens team that was actually winning those board battles, winning those one-on-one battles, uh, moving the puck with speed, and they were going to the net. They, they'd shoot the puck at the net and then follow it up. There'd be someone there. They'd go for rebounds because Campbell, as always, is just he, he swims in his crease and he's kicking rebounds out all over the place. So if you have people there, you're going to bury him. Both of Armia's goals. Well, the first goal, Perry makes a great play taking Sandine out, which opens up some ice. Armia picks up the puck, buries it far side. Nice shot. Can't, you can't fault Campbell for that. The second goal was a scramble in the crease, fighting over the puck. Bury a rebound. Same thing with Kutkinemi's uh, goal. Like you said, Kutkinemi, uh, strong on the forecheck, coming out with a wraparound. Campbell makes the first save, kicks out a rebound, and Kutkinemi is able to bury that. So by going to the net, they were creating goals. They were creating chances. And they outchanced the, the Leafs um, with high danger chances in those first two periods. Now, the third. Oh, you remember well, when I, we were talking about playing to uh, playing not to lose? Well, that's exactly what they did in the third. Yeah, uh, I tweeted out that uh, in typical Habs fashion, they're going to sit back on these two goal, this two goal lead and lose it, um, which they did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was watching the game with Tina, my wife there, and I said to her, actually, right after the power play, when they, I said to her just before. While the power play was on, I said, I got a feeling this is going to end up being a tie game. Uh, 
just because of the way the play was, Montreal was sitting back. They get to the red line, dump it in, kind of casually go in, do a little bit of forechecking, and then everyone drops back to the red line again. And uh, to me, that's just a recipe to lose. Um, you're, you know, maybe if you had a four or five goal lead going into the third, sure. Or a three goal lead. If they were up four one, I'd be all right, sure. But then once they made it four, three two or four two, then I'd be all right, boys, back to the way it was. Um, that's Ducharme style, though. Ducharme plays not to lose. He doesn't play to win. He doesn't play to put the dagger in the other team's heart. Um, personally, I'm a. I liked Muller's style last year in the play playoffs when he took over for Julian. It was go 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 put the nut dagger in the heart and keep going. Um, and they don't have that out of Ducharme and they didn't have that with Julian. Although I felt Julian had his team a little bit better defensively, but, uh, and that's what cost them. They came back and they scored that uh, Muzzin goal uh, shortly after the power play. And then the Muzzin tip, uh, whoever thought Muzzin was going to get two goals in this series let alone two well, in a game. Even and what what was funny was uh, even though he got two goals on the second goal with the tip, they weren't praising him. They were they were basically um, giving each other hand jobs on Sportsnet about Galchenyuk. Yeah, it was a giant then, double Dutch rudder on Sportsnet. Yeah, I listen. Galchenyuk had a great game until the see- overtime. Uh, well, we'll get to that, and then we we and then Leaf fans are going on about oh we rebuilt Galchenyuk. We did this for Galchenyuk was so goddamn great. Why is he only in because someone got injured? You know exactly. what I mean? He's ma- he's making the most of his opportunity, and good for him, right? Galchenyuk has the talent. Good for him, but don't you're wrong. Uh, you're wrong. They need to sign him right now to a five year, twenty five million dollar deal. Right I, now, you know, I'm I'm telling you now, don't sit there. I. I Listen, the guy wasn't playing and the guy shouldn't have been playing to start. This is a sixth hockey team for a reason. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, they can stroke each other off over Galchenyuk all they want. I really don't care because once we go into overtime, uh, and I also said to my wife, I said, I think this is going to be a quick overtime, although I wasn't thinking Montreal was going to score, if I'm being honest. Um, he then he just I don't know what he did. He was like, "Oh, hey, here's Suzuki. Like, I'm just gonna shoot this into you." And uh, being the last man off. back on the blue line as a forward, your yeah. job is to just make sure you put it in deep. Just get so it in you, deep. If you're having a problem, so, throw it deep. Yeah. And then you then you and your defenseman can switch. You can get into yeah. your position. The defenseman gets back into his, and everyone's happy. If you lose the puck, great. Yeah. Everyone's in the position they're supposed to be in. And instead, However, he decided he was going to walk the blue line. Yeah, and uh, Suzuki said, "No, I don't think so." And uh, thank you. I, you know what? I, th- I totally thought Caulfield was going to shoot on that uh, two on two on. So I didn't Campbell. think he was going to pass it. I thought he was going to skate right in and shoot, but he passed it to Suzuki, and then you saw Campbell kind of cheating to Caulfield, and Caulfield saw Campbell cheating to him, and once it got back to him, he was like, "Here, Nick, here's your game winner." Which there you go. Which is exactly what I saw and also points to the fact that Caulfield is an excellent offensive player. He's not just some shooter. And he, he, he saw the play. the play. He read the play. Suzuki read the play. He read the play. Uh, Suzuki. He went to Suzuki. Suzuki went back to him. Campbell goes, Caulfield's the shooter. And as a goalie, yeah, I would do the same thing. 
Uh, you know, I'm not blaming Campbell here. Because it was in pretty I would tight. Che- I would cheat to Caulfield, but yeah. he was in tight, and he knew Campbell was cheating to him, so he just passed it back. And at first, I didn't think it went in, but oh, it, it went in and yeah, out like so quick. Hard in. Yeah. It was in and out so quick, but then once I saw him go around the net, and I was like, had my delayed little. It was in and out quicker than Hyman goal. Whoa. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Um, and then, yeah. And then that but, actually broke Hyman. So, yes. uh, <laughs> but uh, what we saw there is basically the, the, the near future for the Canadians. You have your best, your best playmaking center and your best shooter who have some chemistry and they just showed it again. And I'm just happy they were out on the ice in overtime to start it. Right. That's what instead I was of, about. instead of throwing Deneau out there with a checking line and, you know, I don't it, mind with what he was doing with Deneau. He was bringing Deneau out with Suzuki for the draw. In a three-on-three uh, situation, yes. But they were doing that tonight, I noticed, a couple times, too, yeah. that Deneau and Suzuki, be able to say he'd win the draw and then go to the go to the bench or whatever, which I don't mind. I don't mind that. Suzuki's not great at draws. Uh, I don't think Deneau was out for the overtime. I think it was uh, tough. No, well, he wasn't at all. It was Toffoli, Suzuki, and Caulfield. Uh, they lost the draw, but they got the puck, and yeah, they it ended was a up good in defensive zone. play they, by they, Suzuki. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. They they just played it right. Yeah, good game. I'm just I'm just looking up the uh, the faceoff stats right now for that game. I believe Montreal. Well, they were after the first two periods. They were leading in faceoffs. I don't know about the third period, but. Yeah, they were. Uh, so it was pretty good uh, for the face-offs. The Canadians did well there. Yeah. Um, and we saw we saw the two young centers leading the way in this game for the Canadians. Just as we saw in the bubble last year, it, it's been it's been harder this year, but you're playing a better team, yeah. and you know. With uh, with everything that's gone on, you know, there's ups and downs. But overall, what we're seeing from the young centers, the young players, <clears throat> is what we were hoping to see. Well, now, they led the way the night. <clears throat> yeah. The young players did. They did. And uh, we're going to have a show on Saturday that we're going to put up before the game. So, <clears throat> sorry. We'll break down, we'll break down game six uh, in our next episode. So, this is just going to be... Uh, game five post game stuff. Um, so, speaking of Cotton Yemi, he um, he's got six goals in fourteen playoff games. You know who doesn't have any playoff goals? Kachuk. Kachuk's a bust. He doesn't have the goals that Cotton Kot- uh, Yemi has. Yeah, you're right. You know what else? Cotton Yemi has more goals than Austin Matthews in this playoffs as well. You know what? You know what Austin Matthews has that uh, Kotkaniemi doesn't. Eleven million more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. However, Mister Predictor over here did say Austin Matthews would score all his points in one game, and then not after his three-point game, I said he wouldn't score for the next few games. Yeah. And it's been three games, and he has zero points. That didn't look right when I did that. But yeah, it looks sounded good in my head. But he is uh, he is a point per game player in this playoffs. 
No, not really. He only has three points. Oh, no. What happened there? <laughs> He's only been a point-per-game player in one playoff, and that was last year. He had seven points in five games. And he scored all of them in two He scored five of them in two games. Yeah. So. I'm just, I'm just saying, Marner and Matthews are not playoff performers. They're just not. When they and, score, they score. When they score, they bunches. score. It's in but bunches. It's in bunches, and it's one. Or, and I mean, are all our new Leaf fans that have joined the uh, yes, joined by the way, podcast. Th- thanks for joining, uh, yeah. following the show. We appreciate um, all you new Leaf fans who are watching, so you can troll us later. Uh, please remember, keep clicking, share it with your friends, and yeah. uh, use the promo code unfiltered20 to go to builtbar.com and save 10%. Uh, on your next purchase. Great protein bars. They taste like candy bars. They're delicious. And uh, use the same promo code unfiltered20 at East Coast Lifestyle. Save 20% on your next purchase. You know, teach us a lesson by buying stuff with our promo code so you can save money while we earn off of you. Correct. And I'm sorry I hurt your all feelings by saying Sportsnet's was biased. Um, I even put in there that Matthews is a good player. I don't know. Maybe I should have said excellent player or amazing player. You, you did not get on your knees quick enough for that one. Uh, anyway, I want to apologize for spitting out the truth. Um, National then, carrier versus yeah. regional carrier. And, and and many people told me how, oh, did you hear how many times they mentioned Price and Caulfield? Not half as much as they mentioned Matthews, Marner, and Riley. <laughs> Was that during the close-ups of Matthews when uh, the Canadians yeah. would score? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, and then the intermission. Like you look at the intermissions. I mean, tonight all they talked about was Muzzin and Matthews, and Matthews hasn't done anything for three games, so I don't even know why they're talking about it. Because it's Matthews. And, and thank the, you, thank you for joining. Yes. Thank you for getting us followers. We're, we're awesome. Uh, and, and for those Leaf followers who are following to troll us later on. Um, there's these two things called a national and a regional carrier. The national carrier is supposed to be impartial and cover everyone in the nation. If you want a regional carrier, go to Leaf TV. Don't tell Habs fans. Yeah, don't tell Habs fans, go watch it on RDS because many, many, many do not speak French. Je ne parle français. Well, je parle français un peu. Um, but I prefer to watch it in English and I prefer to listen to an unbiased, I mean, it's pretty sad when you can watch TSN halves and get even a less biased game, even though they're still kind of supposed to be from Montreal, uh, Brian Mudrick and either Mike Johnson or Dave Poulin are less biased than the entire national. And it's not just for Montreal. It's not just for Montreal. It's for Calgary and Edmonton and Vancouver and Ottawa and Winnipeg. Winnipeg, it's, yeah. It's it's not just Montreal. Like, you'll know if Toronto goes to the next series. It'll be interesting if Toronto doesn't go to the next series when you have Winnipeg and Montreal. Who <laughs> They'll probably still talk about Matthews. They will. They're going to have a camera on him <laughs> while he's hanging out at his parents' house in Arizona. <laughs> Pants off. Yeah, just don't tell that security guard. Um, no. So, yeah, there's the rant. Tweet at us. Hey, yeah, share the show. I, yeah, I said Matthews and Marner are not playoff performers. I said that. I stick with it. I, how many goals does Marner have? 
in the playoffs. This year or last year? Any year. It's zero. <laughs> <laughs> How many goals does Kotkaniemi have for uh, 10 million less? Six. Six. <laughs> I was trying to make a six with my fingers. I just got out of the hospital, dude. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm drunk, and even I find that funny. Six. Six. Uh, that's awesome. All right. So, <laughs> to review, the Canadians' power play was trash again. Oh, the Gustafson experiment did not work. No. And he didn't play a horrible game either. So, you know what? Yay. Kulak and Romanov. Kulak and Romanov. Put them back in. Merrill, Gustafson, go take a, go take a little break. And, in all down. honesty, Merrill hasn't played bad hockey. No defenseman has really played bad. No, none have played great either. But none of them played great. And personally, I'd rather lose with our best players on the ice, like Merrill and like Gustafson or Romanov. Or sorry. Kulak and Romanov then play with. I understand why Gustin was put in. I understand. I get it. Sure. It's an offensive defense and they need to score. But how do you exclude, say, Caulfield wasn't getting in the first two games because, you know, he would just be more of a power play guy and then say Gustin's only coming in because of the power play? You kind of contradict yourself there, Dom. And, yeah. And anyway, I'm not going to get into that. And to I, be fair for Gustafson, he did get the best scoring chance out of anybody on that one power play. It missed by about 10 feet, but. But it was towards the net. Yeah. And he made a good defensive play. <laughs> he, he did. He made a good defensive play he along did. the wall. Yes, he did. So, yay. <laughs> he didn't but, lose us the game. He didn't lose us the game. But is that, isn't that a play that Romanov does all the time? Like we're praising a guy for making a standard defensive play because it's rare that he makes a standard defensive play. Listen, Blaine, I was ready to fire everyone last week. I'm just happy that Gustavin made a good play. Yeah, and, and we're gonna we're, we'll get into all that on on Saturday as on well. Saturday. It's uh, gonna be lit. But for Game Six, I'm selling you Kulak Romanoff on the third line. Actually, I would have uh, Petrie Edmondson. Romanov, Weber, and Sherratt Kulak sure. on the third line. That's what I would have. Now, it'd be nice if we can get some, you know, zone time with a power play. So, uh, it it would it would help. It really would. But that power play has been absolute garbage. They have not gotten a single goal all series. They barely have any shots. Well, at this point now, it's you know moral victories on a power play. You know, hey, we built momentum. No, it needs to score. Their shooting percentage is lower than Marner's in the power and playoffs, <laughs> which is zero. <laughs> um, but they need to score. If they would have gotten the goal on that power play, we don't Game's go to over. overtime. Mm-hmm. You see, it's not the reason they lost or won. Yeah, it's not. It hasn't hampered their play because they played so poorly in the other games, but it could have made a bit, a difference in this game where they wouldn't have had to go to overtime. You score a power play goal in game three or even four. Game three, you win the game. Game four, it changes the whole makeup of the game. You may even win that one. Exactly. So you're playing poorly. If you're playing poorly and the power play kicks in a goal, that that changes things. Yeah. So... But it's not the reason they're losing. 
the reason they're losing is they're playing not to lose. That's right. And then when they weren't, when they were actually pushing the pace, playing to win winning. and going to the net, they looked like an amazing hockey team. Yeah. Like, oh, where the hell was this team? But it's a trend. They do that in the first period. Kind of tapers off. You can see it tapering off, come through the second because they have a lead. And then in the third, it just goes to garbage. Well, normally the second, it goes to garbage. They come back in the third, but it's by then it's too late. uh, To me, that's coaching. That's coaching. So, yeah, when you see your players starting to hang back on their heels and you got to tell them, try to protect, you got to keep attacking. Keep it, keep pushing. We're up by goals. Keep pushing. You win games by keeping possession. By keeping possession and staying in the other team's end, you win hockey games. You don't win hockey games in your own end. Not to mention, it, you want you want to lessen the amount, not just lessen the amount of time they have the puck, but you want to make it hard on them to get it. So by pushing the yeah. pace, by going after them, you cut back their time and space. You make it harder on them. And if you're just laying back, when you got a team like Toronto does, like there's their 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 muckers and grinders got them back into that game. It wasn't their top guys. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. It was their third and fourth line. And but if you're keeping them in their own end and you're keeping them, they're too tired when they come back on the scoring side of it right. to put a good scoring play together. Or they have to make a line change on the rush, which breaks up their momentum. And uh, that's how you win the games. Not this whole, all right, we got three, nothing lead or three, one lead. Let's just, all right, we'll stay at the blue red line. Oh, they're coming in. We're just going to hold back, let them come in and then we'll, we'll attack them. And then next thing you know, the puck's in the net and you're like, oh, okay, well still three, two, we can, no, it doesn't work that way. No, no. So we'll, uh, we'll cover, we'll cover off game six in the next, uh, the next episode on Saturday with, our special guest, Lyle Richardson, Spectres Hockey of the Hockey News, made the announcement today that he is uh, the re, the Hockey News has re uh, re upped him. They've uh, hired him back on, so congrats, Lyle, and we're gonna we're gonna pump your tires a little bit there on Saturday. Um, and the good news is now that the Canadians have won this game in overtime, they're going back home to Montreal for Game Six. And in this game, there are going to be fans in the stands for the first time in 15 months. This is huge. Win or lose, this is the reward for the fans. It's great news for the fans. And they can go down to McLean's Pub afterwards and have a pint or two. Many. Huh? See what I did there? <laughs> and uh, and uh, enjoy and I the owe, afternoon. Uh, I owe Jimmy Murphy a shot. He made a prediction before yes. the game, and I said, "If you, this is if this turns out, first shots on me." So, Jimmy, send me at the DM. I'll uh, I'll send you a few bucks, or better yet, the next time we're there, I'll do the first couple of rounds, and then you just catch up. Well, he did say to uh, McLean's Pub there on t- Twitter, uh, once that borders open up, he's going to come over. So, can't wait. And some other news next summer. This guy will be a Montreal native, so there you July go. July of 2022. Yeah, well, I might be there with you. I don't know yet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that could be dangerous. I just got just got ashore, and already they're talking about promotions and moves. So, where? 
Well, at the school. CFLRS? Yeah. You're going to be my boss? No, I'd be your boss's boss. No, I'm going to, I'm getting promoted and moved, I think. That's why it's in July. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, we're rambling. We're rambling. Uh, So to finish it off, it's just great to see that the fans are going to be able to go to a game and cheer on the team. Win or lose, they're there. So that's that's huge. And another little piece of news, with that win, Habs Unfiltered is now at $50 for the Montreal Canadiens Children's Charity to help underprivileged youth. Um, we, we welcome anyone who wants to match our donations or donate their own, whatever amount you want to send. It's much appreciated. The Canadians win. That's another $25 in the kitty. We got $400 set aside for this year. So it's on, it's on you guys, Montreal Canadians, all you guys, I know you're listening. You want do it for the kids. The kids for the kids. Hashtag for the fans. Hashtag for the kids. <laughs> that's right. That's for, that's for our friends over at Habilis. And so, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Even the new Leaf fans who are following us, even if it's just a troll, hey, remember, use those uh, promo codes. Uh, save yourself a bunch of money and teach us a lesson. Yeah. By yeah. earning us money. We're a bunch of idiots. Total. Total idiots. So Ooh, I'm going to follow really? these guys and troll them. And Oh, look at that sweater on East Coast Lifestyle. I can get 20% off that. I'm going to tell all my friends about this show so that they can all follow them and listen too. Yeah. And then we just keep getting cha-ching, cha-ching. It it really hurts. Yeah. My back hurts from carrying all that money from the Leafs fans. Any any fan base, you guys are more than welcome to come listen, comment, tell us what you think. You know, it's a free, it's a free country. We've, we help make sure of that. So feel free to use your freedom by listening to us. And for those who've been listening to us the entire time, our, you know, our Habs fans who follow us and listen to us again, thank you very much. We truly appreciate it. We're going to see you guys at game six, hopefully with you. If any of you get into the game, tag us and we are going to share the heck out of your experience too and feel very jealous. Yes. Yeah. Take pictures. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll throw them on our, our Facebook page and our uh, Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So and just maybe tag us in it. Maybe get some extra swag out of the deal from us. We got maybe. we got stuff to give away. So hey. again, thank you guys for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Burger Arms. Burger Arms you the gains you need. Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Today. Not a real project. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use if you're healthy. If you want to loyalty, buy a dog.
do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 